Good morning, church. Our scripture passage this morning comes to us from the Gospel of John in the 21st chapter, verses 15 through 17. I will be reading to you from the New International Version. You can follow along in your Bibles at home or look to your screens. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. The word of the Lord. This morning, I want to give a shout out to our graduating seniors. We will do something more official to honor them soon. But today, I am wearing a skirt that I bought when I was a junior in high school. So when your mother tells you to take care of your clothes, you should take care of your clothes because 20 years later, you may just be still wearing them. In this rather unique season of life, I listen to the news more than I ever have before. With each new press conference, I wonder what will happen now that will alter my life going forward. The words unprecedented, uncertain, new normal, social distancing, flattening the curve, and stimulus check happen so often that I feel like I'm listening to the same news as the day before. I have heard many friends comment that they feel like they are living in Groundhog's Day. This is a movie where the main character relives the same day over and over again. I would prefer that actually, because then I would know when my mental meltdown was going to happen each day. But these days I don't have that luxury. Sometimes it happens before I've even gotten out of bed in the morning when I realize that I will need to write a sermon and watch my nearly four-year-old and nearly two-year-old daughter while doing so. Or it might be at lunch when I realize my husband has taken the last of the coffee and I will have to endure the afternoon without caffeine because let's face it, I do not have the energy to make more. Or it comes at the moment when we are putting our girls down to bed and I am exhausted and I realize tomorrow is gonna look a lot like today. In these days of being home, I have found myself praying more, not those majestic holy prayers that you're used to hearing from me. That is a bit tongue in cheek, but it's more like, hey God, how about a little less rain and a little more sunshine during a pandemic? What do you think about that? Or, God, do you see my children playing there by themselves for the last 30 seconds? Could you please make this last for the next four hours? Or my new current favorite, please, Lord, if you love me, 
Let my children sleep until 8 a.m. so I can sleep in. And I pray for all of you too. It usually goes something like this. God, I pray for Sally. Pray she is experiencing your peace. She is comforted by your spirit and that her needs are being met. I'm a bit more of a professional when it comes to praying for you. Yet recently I've noticed something about my prayer life during this time. I feel needier than ever before because my apple cart has gotten upset and I am expecting God to do something. What I've been scarcely asking these days is, what do you need from me, God? My expectation is that if God loves me, God will do what I ask. However, these days, that is not a two-way street. When Peter encounters Jesus in our gospel passage this morning, the conversation has multiple layers. On the night before Jesus was betrayed, Jesus foretells that Peter would disown him three times. Peter vehemently denies it, declaring, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. But then he disowns Jesus three times. Now Jesus is risen and I can only imagine the guilt and shame that engulf Peter. This is a glimpse at the tenderness of our God. Jesus does not appear to Peter and scrutinize him for denying him. He isn't sarcastic and say, thanks for all that support on the night I died, Peter. He just asks him, do you love me? But before we go further into this dialogue, we need to pause and recognize something rather profound. Peter has denied Jesus, the son of God, and does it at the moment that Jesus may need him the most. Putting myself in Peter's shoes, I would feel such great remorse and sorrow for what I had done. I would have a hard time facing Jesus. Yet earlier in this passage, we see Jesus is on the shore and Peter is in his fishing boat. He recognizes that it is Jesus and he jumps into the water to get to him as fast as he can. What made Peter feel so confident Jesus would forgive him? How come Peter's shame didn't keep him from hiding his face? I believe it was because Peter knew Jesus. He journeyed with him for three years during his earthly ministry and he knew enough about who Jesus was that he knew he did not need to hide his face. A.W. Tozer once said, what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. For Peter believed that God was forgiving, compassionate, and loving. He knew that even though he had betrayed Jesus, he would be forgiven. So many people in the world today are riddled with guilt and shame. And because we Christians often misrepresent our God to be wrathful, disciplinary, and disappointed in us, people don't think they can even come before God because of feelings of unworthiness and disgrace. This 
just is not true. Over and over again, our word reminds us that God is not looking for perfection, but relationship. Jesus has seen our shortcomings firsthand and desires to give us a new beginning, wiping the slate clean and offering to us new mercies each morning. So how does Jesus handle Peter's wrongdoing? He asks him three times, do you love me? Peter responds each time with an emphatic yes. It is here that Jesus is reinstating Peter into right relationship with him. And each time Jesus asks the question, he gives Peter a directive. Then feed my sheep, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. Peter's love for Jesus is supposed to bring about action. Is this true for you? Do you care for people out of your deep love for God? Do you take care of the ones you already love or do you extend yourself? And do you love the ones that are hard to love? I recently heard a podcast and it said, when we love something, we give someone the opportunity to love it too. I would change that statement to, when we love someone, we give others an opportunity to love that person too. If you ever hear stories from people from within our church, involved in ministries in our world and in our community, they speak about the people they serve as if they were their own family. They love them. And each time I hear these stories, the deep love these individuals have for Jesus comes shining through. When God came to us through Jesus, I think his message was rather simple. Love more. Extend yourself beyond your own needs and desires and think about those around you. Think about those in other nations. Love so much and so deeply that in the end, you give your life away to the service of others. For if we believe that God is love, the best way to share the good news is through loving. As the Apostle Paul puts it best, for I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the truth that I would want to come to mind first for all people. God loves you. And from that truth, we would know deep down in our bones that we are always welcome in the presence of Jesus. And we've been given a gift to go and love more. This week, as Jesus asks you the question, do you love me? If you respond with yes, how then will you love God's people? Let us pray. O oh, gracious and holy God, we thank you for your word. 
as it is a reminder to us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and that through the life, death, and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, we can come to you asking for forgiveness and seeking a new way of life. Oh God, I pray that you would empower all of us with your Holy Spirit, that we could go into this world offering hands to serve, ears to hear, eyes to see, and words that would speak love, that would transform people's lives, that they would know that they are deeply loved by you, their Father. We give you this day and we pray, Lord, that you would use us as your instruments of peace in a world that feels chaotic. Let us offer love. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.